0: Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program the B2B Incubator. It's built for small in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategy that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the B2B Playbook podcast. Each week we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow
1: online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to.
0: The B2B world has
1: changed and
0: you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing.
1: We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five B's, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for.
0: We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep
1: you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, Successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.
0: Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Kevin, what's happening this week?
1: Well, George, it's been an eventful weekend, a couple of catch-ups with friends, which is always nice. Actually, we had a very interesting conversation about, I guess, one of the interesting results of... COVID and working from home so much. Now that we're re-entering the office, a lot of us don't have passes to maybe new offices or offices that have been downgraded. Before pandemic times, there was always someone already in the office, right? Um, With smaller businesses, someone was already in the office, the door was already open. You didn't have to have your own pass to get in the building. These days, that person might be working from home and teams have to coordinate to make sure that Whoever's in first actually has a pass to open up the office so others can enter. Now, this is a pretty funny problem to have in 2022. You would think that this sort of entrance scenario might be dealt with with a simple app, maybe a PIN uh, access system of some kind. Surely people don't need physical passes anymore, which, by the way, costs money uh, for each card that gets issued. So now you have big businesses, small businesses, all dealing with this issue of cost on passes to get into an office. And I just think, you know, 2022, we really shouldn't be uh, dealing with physical passes anymore. Surely someone's figured out how to do this as part of an app.
0: You know, Kevin, anytime I come across something like that, um, you know, something where it it just seems ridiculous that issuing more passes to enter a building like, and they want to charge you more and more for each of it. I just think like that whole industry has to be owned by bikies or something, because as if someone hasn't come in and <laughs> disrupted it, right? It's crazy how expensive things like scaffolding is, right? Scaffolding is extraordinarily expensive to have in Australia. And they're just poles. They're just like heaps of scrap metal bloody put together and it's so expensive. And I think um, the bikies are a big reason behind that, Kevin. I think a lot of them own the, <laughs> the scaffolding businesses. And I want to know, Kevin, who's owning these, these gate pass businesses? What, what is going on there?
1: Yeah, I'd like to know, George. Um, Maybe it's just uh, an area that innovation hasn't gotten to and we certainly hope they get to soon. It's a crazy problem to have in 2022, 21st century. I think much like this, you know, there's always blind spots in every industry. And um, for us, when we see ads, um, for us uh, coming from the ads background, this is one area that we see uh, B2B marketing ads can really be improved. And that's what we're talking about this week. We're talking about how you can do ads for B2B marketing in an effective way that maybe disrupts how things have been going so far. So quick recap, listeners, for the last couple of weeks this season, we've been talking about ABM, that approach that you can take as part of be seen. Um, That's the third B in our five B's framework. After you've been um, getting ready, understanding your customers and deeply getting to know them, then putting out helpful content for that same audience. Now it's about being seen by more of that audience that you want to reach and become your dream customers. We've spoken in the previous weeks about how to do that with an abm approach and now on the flip side of that coin we're looking at how to do that with paid ads listeners if you remember back to the first episode of this season we talked briefly about how you can use ads to be seen and amplify your helpful content's reach and impact it has a few different names like paid ads or performance marketing or buying your way in the way we spoke about it in the first season this episode we're going to dig into a little bit more about where it sits in the five B's where it sits with demand generation and where it sits generally with ABM approach as well. Now, the way that George and I see ads, we really see it as an amplification tool for your content. As we said before, rather than relying on it as the main acquisition tool in itself, it really should be there to amplify your helpful content, which really drives the acquisition. In fact, because of that, if you do use it for that purpose, it should really be based on a solid helpful content foundation.
0: And Kev, we didn't always view it that way, did we? I mean, we used to be performance marketers and we used to use it right in the lower funnel. We used to use it basically just to close existing demand, people who already had intent to buy. But we found that that just really didn't scale in B2B at
1: all, did it? No, you're right, George. It's a very different space from B2C where a lot of that works in the lower funnel in the B2C space. B2B paid ads just doesn't work the same way and the content that you need to put into those ads are vastly different. So this week, we're starting to dig into that. And like all else, we've come up with a framework to approach paid ads for that demand generation, for that be seen stage. And the steps involve building a feedback loop from your content to your ads, then understanding paid channels. This is one we've spoken about before. And then deciding which of these are best for your business and marketing strategy again topics that we've touched on before but we'll delve into more detail in the context of B seen and some common ones that are almost a must for any b2b businesses at the B scene stage of their marketing strategy
0: so kev in short we like to refer to it as using ads to actually just be where your buyers are instead of just your organ- organic content
1: that's right george perfect summary So this episode, before we really kick into all those steps, all the nitty gritty of how to do paid ads for demand generation and each of the frameworks and specific concepts that back those stages up, we wanted to take an episode to discuss why this works in this way and how it sits in relation to ABM, how do you prioritize and balance those two approaches, what does it sit with demand generation and overall with the 5Bs framework as a whole. So first, why it works. Well, it works in this approach because it's just an extension of the principles of be helpful. Remember that when you ask someone to buy your product or service, you're asking them to change the status quo. That sort of decision opens them up to scrutiny by everyone around them in the professional context. So they need to trust you enough to make that leap and trust that this will work out. So for an ad to achieve that same amount of trust, It needs to be part of that helpful content strategy. It needs to be sharing helpful content to build helpful and positive associations with your brand. The ad, like your content, needs to cover pain points, show a deep understanding of your customers, and help them get to where they want to go, just like your helpful content did. The only difference between the be helpful stage and running ads in the be seen stage is that you're paying to show that helpful content where your dream customers are, where it would otherwise be much harder or slower to show up organically.
0: That's it, Kevin. I think it's important for our listeners to remember at this stage that, as you said, this is just an extension of being helpful. Now, just because we're introducing paid advertising dollars into it it doesn't mean that we need to go all salesy all direct response on people we can still use that paid dollar that, that paid advertising to just amplify that really helpful content that you're creating to people who aren't yet seeing it and yes we can be a little bit more intentional about the messages that we're pushing in front of them but it should always be tied back to your helpful content
1: great to emphasize that george it really contrasts you know traditional approaches and paid ads in b2b marketing where you would just run ads as part of a traditional digital marketing campaign where you often just repurpose messaging or direct sales message that you would get from other channels that's not how you should really use paid ads in a b2b marketing campaign instead of focusing on the product seasonal themes or maybe the best features of the product You still want to highlight them, but maybe the first touch point doesn't really focus on them. And if it's a pure branding play, often it starts with the brand. Uh, Sometimes it can be case studies or key call outs for past achievements. All these things can be used in a B2B marketing campaign as well. Instead of just saying, hey, here's the product, here's the best features, here's why you should use it. It doesn't really speak closely to that be helpful approach to running ads right because that kind of messaging Kevin if
0: you come across that in your feed it's probably just going to be lost in like the sea of sameness so the way to get that cut through the way to get people's attention is to actually help them
1: yeah and do remember that these touch points when they're when you're running paid ads they're often the starting point of an acquisition drive or the first time people are interacting with your brand if you're leading straight to sales, to signups, to sign ups demos, that's coming too fast. You should be showing them, hey, here's the brand, maybe, maybe how it addresses and how we understand your pain points. And here's a bit of powerful information uh, that we provide as a brand that you can start building relationships off. We've also discussed in the past, George, how B2B marketing can be a bit boring and the way that traditionally it's done, the information that's given out, it's almost like digital pamphlets or a seminar about a product that you don't really know and definitely don't care about, but it just happens to be now online. And that's something we wanna avoid as well. Again, go back to your be helpful content, go back to amplifying that information rather than treating it like a sales pitch. It should be a be helpful touch point as well.
0: All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement. And it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. That's it. That's so true, Kevin. Marketing, you're not there to do sales, you know, digitally. You're there to do marketing. You're there to actually start to create some awareness of that problem, that problem that your product solves. And then you need to start shifting people from the idea that they have a problem where they know they have a problem to actually, you know what, there's a solution here. But remember it's marketing. You can do that in ways that are interesting. You know, tell a story, use video, use graphics,
1: you know, do what marketers are supposed to do. Exactly, George. This is where it really differs from traditional approaches and where it really should differ from how traditionally ads are used in B2B marketing online. You can see that it really isn't about showing what customers, what they need today or what they're looking for today. It's actually most of the time about building trust with your business, just like the helpful content did. They need to be nurtured through by being helped first from your brand. Then they would more likely open up and start considering your product or services because they trust you. And that's the key difference of how we approach ads. We start with the dream customer, we start with their pain points and we solve them, even in our ads, even if it's not directly relevant to selling our product or service to them. We build those relationships because we know that with trust, they'll naturally inquire and respond the way we want them to when we do make our products and services visible. And that approach gives a much better cut through in a now very saturated online space.
0: That's it, Kev. Helpful content gets so much more impact. And, you know, if it isn't incredibly helpful, then it better be super
1: entertaining.
0: Okay, have you got any cool examples of an ad that you've loved lately, either from like the B2B or often we can take great inspiration from the B2C world. They tend to do it a bit better.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what, George, there was a really good one from Mosh recently. So Mosh, they do men's health products through Optus where you watch the football here in Australia, the EPL. They do an ad where it looks like the screen has broken and it's on that wheel of death loading and it doesn't seem to be responding and it's glitching out and then it cuts to a scene where you know an animated guy says relax guys, the screen isn't broken but look how quick you were to try and fix it but why don't you act with the same amount of urgency when it comes to men's health and your own health and I thought that was a great ad because it really piques your interest. And again, it's very entertaining. It draws a lot of emotion into it and then it's immediately relieved. And yeah, it's just a great entertaining ad. That's, that's
0: such a great example. And Kev, as I've been trying to read more into the neuroscience of behind marketing, it says that people are more inclined to take action when their emotional levels kind of peak. So you were probably experiencing a certain level of frustration or angst as soon as you saw that spinning wheel of death, then the Mosh brand comes up. And so you were much more ready to receive that message and that message is much more likely to have a lasting impact on you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's a great point about, again, making the ads entertaining and working for you. But at the end of the day, pushing out helpful content. So George, how does this paid ads uh, demand generation approach fit in with ABM, what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks? Well, the first thing to say is that we don't see it as mutually exclusive to ABM. They can and probably should work together to help your business grow. But given the work required, we would suggest focusing on one or the other at a time, particularly at the start, and build out your process for one of the approaches before starting to dedicate resources to another.
0: Yeah, Kev, the simple way to think about it is ABM, account-based marketing, it's focused on a select few high value potential customers, whereas paydads, what we're talking about this episode with a demand generation focus or like a demand creation focus, it's about working on a larger group of dream customers, uh, just like our helpful content was doing and really allowing them to self-select you might not always pick the best customers to focus your attention on. And that's something to keep in mind. We don't quite have the same control because we're casting a wider net than we are with ABM.
1: That's right, George. But it does have the flip side benefit of maybe reaching those customers that are perfect for you, that are right for you, that are high value potential, that you just haven't thought of or haven't listed down yet in your ABM approach. Um, So it really helps you discover those kind of customers as well so that's why we think it's important to have both they approach growth from different angles but they're both equally powerful and again as we said before which method you give priority to will depend on your business on what best suits for its growth do you have a clear small number of businesses you want to build towards and use that to drive a community that self-propagates growth Or is it something with a lower barrier to entry that you simply want to get in front of more of your dream customers and get your dream customers to hear about earlier? These are the factors that can help you decide which approach to focus on first.
0: All right, Kev, that makes sense for our listeners if they have limited resources and they're deciding whether they should prioritize ABM or demand creation. So Kev, how does this actually all work? How does demand gen work within our 5Bs framework?
1: We really see this and ABM as just tools to amplify and accelerate your growth. As we said at the beginning of this episode and as we've been talking about this season, Be is all about amplifying and accelerating your growth. The growth that you've already started with your Be Helpful content. And whether that's through generating a community of power users with the ABM approach and then finding more and more of those ABM approaches one by one, or accelerating the helpful content cycle that you're putting out there and you're putting into place and the size of that cycle by running ads and speeding up that cycle. You should keep in mind that this really only works as we said before with a solid foundation that has been put in place with Be Ready and Be Helpful. You need to already have that clear and deep understanding of your potential customers and be able to deliver consistently helpful content to that audience. Without that, you can't really amplify those effects. You will be amplifying the wrong things um, to the wrong audience. So for this be seen stage and the tactics here that we're talking about to really get the results that you want to see, the first stages of be ready and be helpful have to be done right. And then you can ensure that you're amplifying the right things to the right audience. Otherwise, you'll probably waste a lot of time and a lot of resources testing to find out those same things in the BC stage where you're actually spending money one way or the other to do that testing. Not to mention that the impact of your BC work will be disappointing as a result. It might not be as quick. It might not take as short a time as you expect. It might take much longer because you're taking learnings along the way and you're choppy and changing your approach. Now, we're not saying you know everyone will get it right in the be ready and be helpful stage from the get go. And there will always be a little bit of fine tuning in the be seen stage. But if you do go through the be ready and be helpful stages first, which we think is missing these days in B2B marketing a lot of the time when the marketing team sits silo to the rest of the business, if you do those steps well, this be seen stage will be a lot smoother.
0: It's a really great point. I think that so many marketers are prone when they don't know the answer to something. They'll just say, oh, let's just test it. Let's just A, B test it. And you can spend and waste so much budget testing things that you could actually probably find out the answer to. In, in fact, rather than saying, let's test it, maybe we should say, Well, what do your dream customers actually care about? Like, have you spoken to them? Have you done the research? Like, what was the best performing content? What content did they love? You can probably find out, as you said, so much information and put that information into your advertising rather than just saying like, oh, we don't know what content they're going to love. Let's just test a whole bunch of different stuff.
1: That's such a good point, George. A-B testing, testing with your customers, with your content, with your strategy doesn't always mean you have to test by paying to do that test. You can just talk to your customers and ask what they think of something before you get, I, I guess, a general direction for that testing so that you may be saving at least 90% of the effort or testing time and resources. And importantly, resources that small businesses in the B2B space don't have.
0: Probably a little tip there, Kev, for any listeners that are looking to outsource some of this paid media work to an agency. Make sure that they ask all the questions um, that we cover basically in the first couple of seasons in be ready and be helpful. Make sure that they take that time to have that deep understanding of your customer and the helpful content that's been resonating with them.
1: Listeners, we did do an episode about how to pick an agency and whether you're ready for one in which we covered that in a lot more detail about what you should consider. So be sure to check that out if that's a consideration for you. And that's it, listeners. That's how we see ads fit into the be seen stage of a 5 B's framework and demand generation and ABM. It's just one of the two main ways to help you amplify your growth on solid foundations, but not a substitute for making those foundations solid.
0: All right, Kev, the key takeaways from today. The first one is be seen with ads really works because it's using the same be helpful content and it's simply accelerating its spread through paid ads. Now, it's still grounded in building trust and it's letting that trust lead to customers. The second one, Kev, is without proper foundations in be ready and be helpful, the ads that you've launched and be seen, they're not going to work. So go through those first two stages. It's in season one and season two of the B2B Playbook podcast. The third one, Kev, is it can and should work alongside ABM, but where you prioritize your attention really depends on your business and what's more suitable to your own context. Finally, Kevin, remember that this is just a way of amplifying your be helpful
1: approach. Great summary, George. Next week, listeners, we'll start diving into the details of each step in running ads in the be seen manner, starting with building a feedback loop from content to ads. Listeners, you can find links to everything we've discussed in the show notes as always. We're so grateful that each week, more and more of you are tuning in each Monday to check out the B2B Playbook podcast. If we could ask one thing, it would be to please leave us a short review on whatever platform you listen to or to pass it on to someone you think will get value from the show. It's amazing help to us and we really appreciate it. Thanks, listeners. Take care and see you next week.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, listeners. Catch you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to
1: subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook.
0: We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.